When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into a remote version of the CHGO White Sox podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the normal CHGO White Sox crew. We got CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter in, uh, at Vinny Duber, wearing his favorite hat. Uh, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckernwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, today, we are going to preview the Sox-Phillies game because they were supposed to play today, but it's raining. Should it's cold. Play? It's real cold, and it's, it's real it's windy. Be- it's because of the cold and the wind? That's what it says in the uh, press release, Sean. Uh, come on. It's it's one of those classic cold outs that we get every April. Uh and, you know, I don't blame them. It's nasty outside. Uh, and I think I haven't checked my my weather app recently, but I can only imagine that, you know, you combine 40 degrees with uh, the wind whipping the way it is. And then you uh, have the sun go down and it's probably going to feel a uh, little bit more like uh, you're playing pond hockey than you are uh, playing a baseball game. Well, and you're the you're a big J journalist. So and this is why I retweeted you blindly, because I just knew that you'd have the facts right. And if I read your tweet, uh, I would have have seen has been postponed with cold temperatures and high winds. Uh, So that's uh, me being obtuse. Uh, That's on me, folks. But uh, we got a doubleheader tomorrow. uh, Lance Lynn and Zach Wheeler in game one and then Bailey Falter and Lucas Giolito in game two. We'll preview the pitching matchups for the three game series. We'll talk a little bit about uh, double headers and how important those two games on Tuesday will be for the Sox. Then we also have the mailbag Monday for our diehards in the CHGO lounge. Excited to answer those questions. And then we might do a quiz. I might throw an audible. There was a topic that we really didn't touch on yesterday that we could have touched on. And I feel like it's a a real easy White Sox topic, Uh, but I might do the quiz. But as I told Steven, I'm I'm a little bit iffy on the quiz because I always get yelled about about quizzes being too hard. And then he was like, well, how are you going to ask the questions? And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Uh, So I don't even know if this is going to be the best way to present all this information. But now we got to do now we got to do the quiz. We got to do the quiz. You made it too intriguing. Not to do it. There you go. Um, Maybe it'll be so bad it'll be quick, and then we could just do both. (laughs) I know I'll be bad at it no matter what, even if it's easy, slam dunk questions. There's there's three easy questions, so I'll give you two of them, and I'll give Vinny one. So therefore, you get the the, the easier workload. All right, uh, let's jump into our first topic here. And we're going to go to a mailbag question first. And uh, what's up to everybody in the chat? Uh, Matthew Cortese, Matthew Lucas. It's it's a Matthew party. And also, uh, I, th- I believe Thomas uh, hanging out with us in the chat. Uh, but let's go to the first mailbag question. Uh, and this is from Will M. What are all of yours? Fi- what are all of yours favorite and least favorite things about double headers? And I think uh, we talked a little bit about pre-show, Herb, uh, but it's what it used to be. 
Yeah, um, during the pandemic, they, of course, shortened the games for the doubleheaders to seven innings each for the doubleheader. So that continued in 2021 also. And I went to one of those games where it was the Minnesota Twins coming into guaranteed rate. And the first game, I've just looked it up right now, it was July 19th, two hours and 45 minutes. And remember, this is the old school um, take out as long as you want before pitch clock. 245 for the first game. For the second game, 154. We know that ended in a Gavin Sheets walk-off home run off of Berrios. So I loved it because we got in two games in under five hours, and an usual doubleheader would have been lasting much more than that because I've gone to one before this where it was the Cleveland Indians at the time. The first game was like four hours. The second game started in delay, and I left because I was like, I'm not staying eight hours at a baseball game, especially when the White Sox are getting beat by the Cleveland Indians. And so I love that they're doing that. They're not, I mean, I'm sad that they're not doing the seven inning thing anymore. They've gone back to the regular nine inning format. Um, and they had that last year too, but imagine if you had the seven innings for each and the pitch clock, man, oh man, games would just be getting done so efficiently and still getting a solid uh, non-disputed, effort out there i think everybody saw when they had the double headers like that's a lot of baseball and it doesn't seem like it's like like irrelevant it doesn't seem like it's um not a real baseball game because seven innings is enough to determine that uh you've won or lost the game especially when there's another one following or preceding it yeah i mean my my least favorite thing about double headers boy how how much time you got uh no (laughs) Nine inning, the nine inning double headers are just, they're just horrible. Um, you know, I know that uh, there are some times when, you know, maybe a little bit later in the season, you know, there's some higher stakes and, and uh, you get uh, twice as much drama, uh, you know, in the same day. That can be fun when there's, you know, big swings in uh, the standings, maybe in one day based on, uh, you know, what happens uh, if, if two teams who are playing against each other are also competing against each other for a division race or a playoff spot. Uh, that is, a, is when double headers can be interesting and fun in April. Mm, no, 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 no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my least favorite thing about double headers is that they usually involve me being at the ballpark for about 12 hours. Um, uh, my favorite thing about double headers. Oh, I don't even know before the pandemic, before the pandemic, the, the white Sox were gracious enough to bring us up some pizza. Um, uh, like it, like right at the start of game two. Uh, I don't know if that, um, policy is still in effect uh post pandemic but uh yeah the seven inning double headers were great uh I, that made total sense uh they should keep doing that I, I get why you wouldn't you know what i mean you could argue that it's you know an unfair advantage for um for whoever's winning that game right that they get to they get to have won a game in in less with less work than than other teams did when they were competing for their wins but um the amount of the percentage of a season that a doubleheader game would make up is so tiny that it's like okay come on just give just let them let them play the seven inning game uh it 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 it's just so so obvious that they should have kept doing that let's at least count our blessings though because the, baseball has loved to do we're going to play at 110 and then we're going to play at 710 thankfully tomorrow 
Game one starts at 310. And then, as you said, the second game will start 30 to 45 minutes after the end of the first game. So you guys will just kind of keep it going. Let's let's roll with the momentum here. We don't need a little dinner break. Um, so at least at least Vinny gets home a little bit quicker. Uh, but yeah, well, I, and I'll just tell you this, the, the pitch clock, you know, saving grace like Herb, can you imagine? two seven inning games oh. with the pitch clock, you might be able to play that in three hours. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and great. And I was wondering for you, Vinny, do you guys go in between for Pedro and the starting pitcher the first game to talk to them and then go back up to the, the clubhouse or go back up to the yeah. Uh, press box? Yeah. So usually uh, we don't get to go into the clubhouse though. They'll bring them out and outside the clubhouse, um, you know, because obviously guys are using the clubhouse to get ready for the second game. Um, you know, it's a little less of a, um, chill environment when you it's like all right first pitches in 20 minutes kind of thing so um they'll probably they'll they usually bring the manager the starting pitcher and like you know if there's a a big walk-off home run or something like that or or even a a game-winning home run in the sixth or seventh kind of thing they'll bring that guy out to tell you what he saw when he swung at that one uh, uh real quick and then back upstairs and do it all over again yeah i don't really like double headers I mean, I can be honest, just like they're long. And then also, like Steven says, uh, my favorite thing about tomorrow's doubleheader is probably getting to see Jake Diekman pitch twice. It's just also really taxing on the bullpen. And we just see already through 15 games how the White Sox bullpen is pretty depleted. Um, and it's just it just seems like the length is already hurting them. And now you're going to give them a doubleheader. And I just I don't I don't like that for the arms. So that, that just makes Whoa. me a little bummed out. You can point to the position player side too, because I mean, how often do you see the first game of a doubleheader kind of looks like the lineup, the starting lineup, and then the second game of the doubleheader um, is a lot of reserves in there, and for obvious reasons, and you you can't blame the manager for doing that. But I think you know, if you want to talk about games in April, counting as much as games in September, kind of thing, here's a game where you know, and and certainly it applies to the team you're playing, but both teams maybe are at a bit of a disadvantage um, because they have to trot out a lineup uh, for for a game that is not what they would have sent out there had it been a regular uh, regularly scheduled series. Yeah, and usually uh, that's um, that's the game where you get Jose Abreu to sit down. Um, you know, that was like the one the one day you could get him to get a break. Uh, so I don't I don't really love the whole doubleheader thing, but uh, necessary evil unless you put a roof on it. Um, so maybe for a Comiskey three, uh, we we can get a retractable roof, so we never have to deal with the evils of a doubleheader. I know that's a North Side thing, anyways. That's what their their guy used to say was uh, "Let's play two. Uh, I think uh, Dick Allen's uh, saying used to be "Let's go home." <laughs> no one's gonna fact check me on that. Uh, too. Um, let's get into the uh, probable pitchers uh, for this series. Again, it's going to be over two days. Uh, two days, three games over two days uh and shout out to the chat uh what's up stanley kpw uh white Sox, tom and blank name uh, we'll talk a little bit about the bullpen a, a little bit later uh but right now the pitching matchups lance lynn in game one with his 731 era versus zach wheeler with his 402 era lucas giolito in game two he'll be facing off against bailey falter Gilito with a six ERA, Falter with a 480 ERA, and Clevenger will get the ball in game three for the Sox. This 223 ERA and Taiwan Walker, uh, new Philadelphia Philly, will get the uh, ball in game three uh, with his 420 ERA. Um, what I want to ask you guys, how important is this doubleheader? Because the Sox have a very, very, very unique opportunity here to win their first series all in one day. With their veteran pitchers. Yeah. Is it important? I mean, yeah, I guess, because you have one day's worth of work can get you back to 
respectability. You can win your first series. You can get that monkey off your back. And you're going against a team who has the same exact record as you and was expected to do better than they have so far. They're 6-10 and 10 also. But, man, those, I mean, that's Zach Wheeler, man. Like, I know his ERA is in the upper fours, but that guy's got elite stuff. That's why Rick Hahn wanted him, and uh, he, you know, didn't sign here. I think the White Sox offered more than the Phillies, but his wife preferred there, and it was a good choice by Zach and his family because they've already played in the World Series and where he pitched well. But the second guy, Falter, I know very little of him, but he looks like he's pitched well this year. Um for the White Sox, it's it's vital for them to at least take one. I don't want to be greedy and say, hey, we could take two. It's vital to not get another series loss on the other foot. Like, you can win the series tomorrow, but you can also lose it. And the depressing feeling you would have going into one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team, Tampa Bay, in their home field, would be just so demoralizing for fans. For players, I think they don't – they roll with the punches as they know it's a long season us we're living with it every day and so it's a little bit more oh man today's very important for us we need to win today to set up tomorrow type of thing but as everybody says momentum it's not a real thing it's next day's starting pitcher and so if they win that first game and lance gives them the effort they need i think lucas giolito will have his uh like the 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 shoulder the, the, the weight will be off his shoulders and he'll feel a little bit better not having to salvage a win at the night game versus falter. I mean, you know, uh, importance, uh, it, it's, it's a big spectrum. Uh, I'm not, you know, it's not like we're talking about, uh, you know, their season needing to be saved or anything like that in, in, in mid April, but I'll say this, uh, what was the, what was the talk of spring training? What was, what has the message been for this team the whole year? Prove it. They've yet to prove it. Uh, and they got to start, uh, you know, if there's, if there's an it to be had, they need to start proving it, uh, pretty soon, uh, because so far they've done nothing, but they've lost four series and they've tied one. And, and the one they split with, with Houston, they looked good really ever since, uh, have been, looked bad. And, uh, so if they're going to, uh, you know, show that they are this team. I keep remembering what, what, what Lucas Giolito told me when we did that one-on-one in spring training. He was, you know, we're we're out to prove to people that we're not just this talented team that is squandering this opportunity that we've had, that is squandering this championship window uh, or, or contention window, I should call it, that's been laid out here. Um, they They need to prove that. Because so far, I don't think anybody would argue that they have. And and that includes everybody in that clubhouse. I mean, Pedro Grifol was was very matter of fact yesterday when he was saying, you know, it's we're not close. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're close to to being this championship team. It, it's going to take some time. Sure. You know, for them to, to be all that they think they can be. But but start going in that direction, right? I mean, start uh, start cleaning up some of the stuff. I mean, the, the walks, my God, the number of walks. I mean, you got to put the, the the ball in the strike zone, um, you know. So it it and certainly that's not the only thing. So it, it's got to get to a point where um, people aren't waking up every day and being like poking them with a stick, like, "Hey, you alive there? You alive?" Like they need to show they need to show some life here, and, and they've got plenty of time to do it. They've got plenty of uh, ability to do it. They've got plenty of um, guys that can make that happen. But until it does, nobody should, you know, there's a reason that everybody is feeling the way that they're feeling in the chat right now, because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, maybe 
the one thing that the White Sox need is to see themselves on the other side of the, the field. I understand that the Phillies went to the World Series last year, but uh, who has? And let's play a little fun game here because the White Sox have a, a really bad bullpen. Uh, they have a league-leading uh, ERA of 757. Uh, only three League teams. worst usually is how that's phrased. That? <laughs> league worst is usually how that's phrased. League leading is usually a good thing. League, league leadingly <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, league worst, uh, 757. Three teams have ERAs over six, uh, bullpen ERAs over six. The Giants are third, 608. Which team's second with a 683 bullpen ERA? I'm going to guess their Bay Area compatriots, the Oakland you, A's. It's context clues. It's the Philadelphia it's the Phillies, Phillies. obviously. Damn it. He Philly. wouldn't have brought it up See? if it wasn't the Phillies. Yeah, See, I, that, you said yeah. you're going to do the easy questions. I still missed it. Wasn't even a quiz. You just you, I just pick up on context clues. Oh, you um, ooped it, and I was like, uh, no, nah, I'm not right. going to do it. All right, Herb, here you go. Um, This is go. what team currently leads the major leagues in walks? Which all, all pitchers, all pitchers, every pitcher. Which the team? White Sox. No, the A's. The A's. Son of a bitch. Uh, the A's with 86. <laughs> Sox have 81. But then the Phillies are at third with 70. So this team's going to walk you. This team's going to, you know, even though Walker and uh, Falter and uh, Wheeler all have ERAs around four, you know, they're going to have to leave the game at some point. That's just kind of how the White, you know, the, the teams feel with the White Sox is, you know. Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease will have to leave uh, leave the game at some point. Uh, and, uh, you know, here comes Jake Diekman. So, yeah, I, I just think the White Sox need to take advantage if the Phillies are going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes in the field as well. I mean, they're going to be playing Nick Castellanos out there probably in the outfield or Kyle Schwarber. Like, you got to take mistakes if, you know, they're going to be falling down just like Gavin Sheets is. So I think this is a great opportunity for them to win two games. Uh, the White Sox record since 2019 in double headers is they've played 40 games. Since 2019. Yes, I would say it would be bad. So I'm going to go with 17 and 23. I'll say it's an even 20 and 20. How about that? Flip it, Herb. 23 and 17. Do uh, I win on prices right rules there? You win on prices yeah, right rules. Uh, <laughs> the White Sox in those 20 series or 20 double headers, uh, they have lost both games three times and they have swept both games five times. Uh, last year, uh, was an interesting year. Uh, started off all right for the Sox. Well, they lost their first doubleheader uh, both games, but then they won and then lost, and then they won one, and then they lost, and then won, and then lost and won, and then lost and won, and lost and won. So we're following the trend. They're probably going to lose the first game and win the second game, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. Those are trend. Uh, Vinny just got abducted by a ghost. Is that on your what screen? Happened? I don't. Yeah, it's on my screen too. You just got it, the uh, the poltergeist. I think is uh, coming oh through your your your, you your color. On your screen, it's weird. Wow, just so cool. Abducted by the ring. I hope your uh your video didn't like just go all the way out and your camera's gone on your computer. That would suck. Well, all right, Stephen, why don't you why don't you kick me off of here and I'll uh, try something. Why don't you stop your camera and then start it? Um, let's hit up Jordan Miller's uh super chat here, uh, and we appreciate the super chat from Jay Miller three three eight nine. Uh, the super chat says, "I hate to make excuses, but how do you think the pitch clock is affecting the pitching staff?" Um. Herb, I'm just going to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that the White Sox having a – hey, you look normal. Uh, I don't think the White Sox bullpen having a 757 ERA and uh, the, the starters being you know up and down really have to it has anything to do with the pitch clock. Yeah, and you know it's not just the White Sox. I would say if it is affecting them, that is the players and the coaching staff's fault for not getting them ready because 
other pitching staffs are looking just as good as they have or just as good as they were forecast because they prepared for it and they knew what was coming. So I don't know if it's necessarily what's going on with the pitch clock and the White Sox are not ready for it because I don't see anything untoward. They're not getting uh, exponentially amounts of like penalties and I don't know if they're rushing. It seems like they're in rhythm. Maybe if you ask them on a private moment when they're actually being honest and vulnerable, some will say, yes, it was diff- it's difficult adjusting to it, but it is also part of their job. So I don't know if to a man they would even admit that, um, you know, when they're speaking to the media because it's part of their job. No one's going to feel sorry for them as everybody else in the league has to also adjust to the pitch clock. So, I would say you're not making an excuse, but you're just, I'm as a White Sox fan, you're searching for something that makes sense instead of what's been going on with the actual team, which might be the truth that they might be not just good at baseball. So I don't, and I don't want to believe that, but the record, the play, it looks like it. We haven't heard anything uh, in regards to the pitch clock being an issue for really anybody. Uh, you can go back to the spring, and there were some comments, I think, by, from Michael Kopech after maybe just the very first start that he made. But um, this hasn't really seemed to be something that has been bothering the pitchers very much at all. Um, in fact, uh, it was Lance Lynn who told us in spring training that he thinks the, the batters are going to be the ones who are at the disadvantage, that, that, that the pitchers would have the advantage in, in kind of keeping the batters on their back heels or, 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 uh, or just on their toes a little bit. So um, I, I don't think that's it. Um, and especially when you look and see just the entire league has to deal with the exact same thing. So um, I, I don't think that's it. But I Herb, you're right. Like people are just wondering they're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to ask every question and and come up with every possible explanation uh, because the pitching has been not good so far. Um, You know, I think the starting pitching for the most part has been fine. You know what I mean? It hasn't been great by any stretch, but I think it's been fine. Uh, The bullpen is really where things have been a problem. And, uh, you know, I I don't think that that's pitch clock related. Yeah, I I really don't think it's pitch clock related at all. Um, It really just seems like they're not executing. Um, JJ's mentioning he thinks mechanics are out of whack and watching Bummer and Deekman pitch. Uh, their release points changed almost every pitch. Uh, they're just also weird throwers. And uh, even Katz and Bummer have talked about how it's really tough for him to replicate just his sinker. Um, he just throws it very, very oddly. And for him, it, for it to come off his hand perfectly um, is something that they've worked on a lot uh, since Katz has come over. Maybe it is mechanics being out of whack. It's, I mean, they've walked a ton of guys. And then when they're, they're walking a ton of guys, they get put into the place where, all right, we're going to need to throw balls over the middle of the plate. And when you throw balls over, uh, over the middle of the plate, hitters are going to hit them. Um, I mean, it's, it just really seems like, you know, they're just not helping their, themselves. I really don't think it's the pitch clock. Um, I think it's just bad execution. I don't think the the, the White Sox are, you know, it, it, it's not for, you know, the talent just isn't showing up right now. The, the execution isn't there. Um not really anything with the pitch clock. I mean, we saw kind of earlier with Clevenger, but that was the first game, and it seemed like he cleaned it up after the first inning. Uh, Kopech a little bit in that first game against the Giants, but he also might have been tipping pitches later on in the game, and that was probably more of the bigger concern uh, than the pitch clock. So, yeah, overall, I don't I don't think the pitch clock is, has been too much of a harm for Sox pitchers. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about Zach Wheeler versus Lance Lynn and a little bit of the history that Zach Wheeler has With this franchise, we are going to take a break, though, to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Um, the bet that I think is a quote-unquote lock of the night is in the 76ers and the Nets game. Spencer Dinwiddie on alt assist line of 10 plus assists today at plus 150 in the past seven games where he has played 30 or more minutes. He has had five games where he has uh, recorded 10 plus assistant and the other two or seven. So he get, he gets at least uh, near that number. Uh, so I like that at plus 150. Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-505 or visit gamblinglinema.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or tech hope Text HOPE NY 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and specific state responsibility gambling resources. Jesus. ComEd. You guys ever heard about ComEd? I have. And well done on that read at the end, too. Thank you. I tried to go as fast as I can, and I thought I was going to run out of breath. How long can you guys hold your breath underwater? I haven't, I haven't tried that since I was a child, but it was like 30 seconds. You, you looked at me all crazy. You've never tried to hold your breath underwater, Vinny? I mean, like when I was a kid, <laughs> sure, you just do it to count. 30 seconds seems long. I feel like I couldn't have done that. I was, I, could do. I was good underwater. I didn't know how to swim on the top of the water. Not that well, but under the water, I was I was awesome. You're smooth, baby. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't from one end to, under from the one water. end to the other end. <laughs> I, I, I was very good at sinking as well, Herb. Uh, that's I was very, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like Herb. If the oxygen works water, better down, down there than on the top. Uh, anyways, uh, Combat Energy Efficiency Program. Uh, they're committed to helping families and businesses and the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. And ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. And an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. And these can be done in-personally or virtually and last approximately two hours. And within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately so if you own a business do not wait get started get started saving money and energy today and for energy saving tips lighting incentives or to schedule your free facility assessment go to comment.com slash powering biz that's comment.com slash powering b i z uh zach wheeler uh according to other sean uh eats her hot dogs with ketchup so uh, let's talk about uh, Zach Wheeler, um, whose wife really wanted to be on the East Coast, and that's why he turned down more money uh, from the Chicago White Sox. Uh, the pitching matchup, Lance Lynn versus Zach Wheeler, tomorrow in game one at 310. Uh, Wheeler this year, 15 and two-thirds innings pitched, a 402 ERA, 15 hits allowed in those 15 and two-thirds innings, 18 strikeouts, seven walks allowed, and a 109 ERA plus. Lance Lynn in his 16 innings pitched this year, seven 31 ERA, 19 hits allowed, 21 strikeouts, seven walks, and an ERA plus of 60. 
three. Let's start with Zach Wheeler, Herb, uh, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, uh, Zach Wheeler. Who else could I throw in there? What's the biggest heartbreak of, of the White Sox past free agent mistakes or gaffes? I mean, I don't know if Zach Wheeler was a gaffe that's itself. They offered the most money. The client chose to go otherwhere, elsewhere. That's fine. And I never would blame his wife. And, you know, I joked earlier, but, you know, she has a preference. He has a preference. They can live where they want to. And it has turned out well for their family. Um, I would say Manny out of all those things. But I just think the White Sox didn't really pursue him aggressively enough to get his services like the Padres have done multiple times now. But for the pitcher, Zach Wheeler, man, that guy this year is just if you look at his baseball savant page and, you know, you can see the percentile rankings. Sometimes you get a mixed bag and he has a couple of the chase rate is in the lower half. And so is the walk rate. It's like a middling one. But everything else is on that red side. Extension, 98 percent. X slug is 85 with percentage is 87. Barrel percentage is 86 percentile. Like the guy is a good to great pitcher in this league and so and he, it looks like he's introduced uh our favorite pitch now Vinny, the sweeper and it's doing well for him too and he's dominating with it uh i think it has a plus two run value already while his four seamer is getting hit hard it's a negative two i believe right now so uh i think the white Sox probably need to sit on his uh fastballs uh and make sure that his uh sweeper is legit i mean i would just for sweepers i would just let them go until they can prove they can actually get over the plate because you see his uh red dot you know your rorschach test uh sean his red dot is like right outside of the uh outside zone of the pitching of the uh strike zone so it's filthy it looks like a strike up until the last second and then sweeps right across the uh plate but if he throws a slider which has had a negative run value too it looks like it's elevated so the white Sox have some opportunities to get off on Zach Wheeler, but make sure that that ball is elevated before you take a swing at it, because it looks like his sweeper is just killing folks out there. And uh, the White Sox would like to swing at a lot of those bad pitches outside the zone. Vinny, what the question I kind of want to ask you is uh, looking at this matchup, uh, seeing that Zach Wheeler could have signed in 2019 and then Lance Lynn acquired in 2021. Would they have acquired Lance Lynn if they had Zach Wheeler? Like is Zach Wheeler in the Lance Lynn spot? Good question. I, I don't know. It's a it's a lot of uh, you know history that needs to be rewritten in order to get to that point. But uh, perhaps let's put it this way: perhaps there's not as much of or as great of a need for a real proven uh, uh, guy, a real reliable guy. Because you'll remember the guy they gave up to get Lance Lynn, Dane Dunning, was thought of very highly. I mean, he's the guy who started Game Three of that uh, AL Wild Card series in Oakland over Dylan Cease, who's now one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, you would like to believe that if they had somebody already kind of posted up in that reliable all-star caliber, uh, you know, high side young finisher, uh, you know, job description, that maybe they give some run to Dane Dunning and, and there's no reason to get rid of him. So um, maybe to answer your question, but again, that's a lot of things that uh, need to go differently. Where the White Sox are right now is that they have a very good pitcher in Lance Lynn. The Phillies have a very, very good pitcher in Zach Wheeler. But, um, you know, when it comes to Lance Lynn uh, tomorrow, he needs to do what he did last time out because I think last time out against Minnesota, you would take that every single time. 10 strikeouts, zero walks. And if he's going to give up three runs on two homers, so be it. He's not putting guys on base. He's getting punch outs and he's going six innings. Obviously, Lance Lynn would like to go more than that. He's Lance Lynn. 
but uh, you know, we all we all know what that means uh, in terms of him fighting fighting people to take him out of the game. But the entire starting rotation needs to start going past that sixth inning because uh, it's it's helping with that high bullpen ERA with this bullpen that kind of can't get itself straight right now. Um, Lance Lynn's a guy who has proven that he has longevity in in games. If he could go seven tomorrow, that's a big big step in the in the right direction for for the White Sox as a team uh, as well as for Lance individually. We've brought up the White Sox bullpen. We've brought up the uh, Phillies bullpen, their propensity to walk people, their bad defense. Uh, any other main storylines for this series? White Sox trying to win their first series as well. Is there one that sticks out or one we haven't mentioned that you're looking forward to in these three games? Just the Phillies power. You know, I've wanted, and I know you wanted Kyle Schwarber for a long time. Same with uh, Nick Castellanos for me. You know, I think of that team as the mirror the White Sox look at, uber talented, underachieving, and then the Phillies went off last year and got to the World Series and hit the stride right at the right time. They have top line starters. They, I think there would, I would say their top line starters are better than the White Sox as a collective, but they're the like mirror images of each other, but the Phillies hit the ball over the fence. That's the difference. They boot the ball everywhere. They're not that good at the, as you stated earlier, with bullpen um, this year. And so I see the White Sox and the Phillies, who have the similar records, looking at each other and say, okay, who's going to finally break out of their malaise, early season malaise with this series? Will this carry them on to a better season that they were promised for their fans and themselves? And I, I don't know if it's a measuring stick, but this is a team that you could take advantage of. Now, when you did that thing a couple days ago when you're like, which team is the White Sox better than? I didn't say yes on the Phillies because they're just the same. They don't have a series coming up until, what, the Cincinnati Reds one at the beginning of May until I say, yes, they're decidedly better than that Cincinnati Reds team. And so this is the time to take advantage of a team that's a little bit better than them or equal to them and get some wins. Well, I think White Sox fans can probably look at the Phillies and uh, maybe it provides a little bit of a uh, reality check, a little bit, a little bit of a, hey, that's the reigning World Series champions. And this is what 16 games, you know, when it, when that's the small sample size, this is what it can do is take a team that a lot of people expect to make the postseason, a team that some expect to, to make another deep postseason run, and it can make them six and 10, just like the White Sox are. Um, at the same time, I'm sure if you looked at the podcasts and the uh, uh, radio shows and all the writing coming out of Philadelphia, I'm sure they're reacting quite differently than what I just said. But uh, really, as as much of a cliche as this is and a cliche that nobody really even registers in their ear when you hear it, you basically shut your ear off the whole it doesn't matter who we play kind of thing. For the White Sox right now, I think that's kind of true in the in the essence that their problems are their problems right now, and they need to get themselves fixed. You know what I mean? It's not a matter of, oh, man, this is a bad matchup for them, and this is going to go poorly for them, or, oh, this is a great matchup for them and allows them. They need to do their – they need to start playing the baseball that they want to play. They need to – find some consistency in the offense. They need to find some consistency in the starting pitching. They need to stop walking guys. They need the bullpen pitchers to be reliable. They need the defense to be reliable. Um, those things have very rarely occurred over these first couple weeks of this season. And if 
it doesn't matter if it's the Phillies or the Reds or the Rays or the Royals or teams where, you know, that, that don't start with an R. Um, it can it, it has to be the White Sox to fix the White Sox problems, and they can't rely on the schedule softening in order for them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, 100%. And uh, maybe the Phillies are just a team that, that can make mistakes, and, and hopefully they're making mistakes. The White Sox uh, can take advantage of it. And, two, if you want to hear that it's not too early, we could look at the 2021 Braves, and we could also look at the team that represented the National League Last year, oh, hey, that's the Phillies. They were 21 and 29 uh, at the start of June 1st. Uh, and obviously they made the, the change getting rid of Joe Girardi, but you, you could start bad. Like, I mean, you could always turn it around. There's enough baseball ahead where uh, you can at least get into the playoffs. And again, this is a bad AL Central, one where the Twins were leading the division on August 2nd last year and, and you know, finished third. So uh, the, the Sox aren't done just yet, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, upcoming with our Mailbag Monday. We want to take a quick break and let you know about our friends over at FuboTV. Head over to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. They have 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. The best part, you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. My favorite part is the thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge and you want to sign up now because they have the NFL draft on ESPN and the NFL network, the NHL draft on ESPN. And tonight the NHL playoffs, the Stanley cup playoffs are starting and the NBA. Like we mentioned uh, already started. You got the Kings and warriors in the nets and 76ers tonight. So you can watch the Sox on NBC sports, Chicago with our friends over at Fubo TV, use the link in the description below to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. That is at FuboTV.com slash CHGO. Also want to let you know about Game Time. Our friends over at Game Time, uh, if you're ever stressed out about getting a ticket, I know our, our friend Herb was stressed out about getting a ticket up in uh, Pittsburgh, and he ended up Game Time. Uh, last-minute deal, last-minute price drops for the hottest events in your city. And it doesn't have to be sports, right? It doesn't have to be the White Sox. Maybe you're, you're kind of... Out on the socks right now. Maybe you want them to prove it. Uh, well, why not go watch a little a uh, little concert? You know, maybe there's a little co a, a comedian you want to go see. Uh, Game time will have the biggest last minute price drops for you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Herb also took advantage of the price guarantee. Uh, went to Atlanta last year. Uh, bought these tickets on Game Time found better seats like 12 minutes later, and then within 10 minutes at 110% of his money back because they have fantastic customer support over at Game Time. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's get into our diehard mailbag and our friends have become uh chgo diehards you could sign up at all chgo.com i know we got some bulls diehard only reads up at all chgo uh jared willis and Vinny have uh free articles up at all chgo about the white Sox series this weekend uh but if you are looking to become a diehard join our chgo lounge head over to all chgo.com you get a lovely uh box that's out there that i could show you but you get a t-shirt stickers a membership card it's all very exciting and you also get access to uh the CHGO Discord. But let's jump into the first question, and it is from our guy Ian Robo. Is Cats to blame for the bullpen woes? Is particular oh, uh, 
why is it so particular? Or why have so many? Why has it seemed to have gone backwards? Uh, <laughs> my bad on that, Ian. Uh, reading is tough for me. Uh, but why has the bullpen taken so many steps backward? And is Ethan Katz the person to blame? I mean, you know, uh, I, I think we spent all last year uh, talking about how you know Tony Larusa might not have been the biggest reason that the White Sox were you know uh, five hundred, but. He was the manager, so of course he shouldered pl plenty, if not much, of the blame. Um, you could say the same thing for you know the individual groups on these teams. Uh, you know what I mean? Ethan Catch is the pitching coach. He's in charge of the pitching, and right now the pitching is not very good, particularly out in the bullpen. Um, but you know that's why he's there too, is to make these changes on the fly. It's not like a it's not a set it and forget it kind of thing at the beginning of the season where it's like, all right. Whatever you are in the first week of April, that's what you're going to be through the entire season. And, and fingers crossed, you know what I mean? He's there to coach them literally on a daily basis um, and make those adjustments uh, as things go along. We saw it work wonders with Michael Kopech from the first start that he made against the Giants to the second start that he made in Pittsburgh, um, you know, fixing that issue that was causing the the Giants to recognize what was coming at him. Uh it, it is a process. You, you can't fix everything in one day. And the problem with those bullpen guys is sometimes they need to be used the next day. Sometimes they need to be used within two days. Uh, you know, the starters get four days to make the changes that they need to get. The bullpen guys kind of got to be ready all the time. So um, they're working on it. Uh, but again, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something that you can say is definitively going to be the case for the rest of the season. I think you got to let, the coach coach and see what happens. Yeah. We give a uh, credit to Ethan when the Luke Giolito turnaround happened, same with Rodon and cease. So we got to give them a little, you know, blame when the bullpen doesn't perform as well as they should. So I'm not out on Ethan Katz. I still think he is a premium pitching coach, but he deserves uh blame when these guys don't perform. I give more blame to the actual players who are out there not performing. And so, yeah, I think that he is still good at his job. The players are not doing what they should be doing, and he might not be doing what he should be doing. So he'll get a little blame because I'll give him credit for Keenan Middleton, who he knew, and now Keenan Middleton's on this team looking nice. But you can't give him credit for Keenan Middleton and not give him blame for Aaron Bummer. Yeah. That's what I feel. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, I don't know if it's blame. I feel like, again, they're losing. So we want to be mad and we want to direct it somewhere. And Matthew saying, like, what does he do? Well, well, we were all hyping him up in his first year in 2021 when they won 93 games. So I don't know if it's all on cats. I think he does a good job of understanding what's modern. I think he does a good job of using the technology that's available to him. I think he understands the game. He's done a great job of shortening up arm uh, uh, arm. I want to say strides, but I think that, that's legs are taking strides, but arm paths for these pitchers uh, to make them more deceptive. It, it seems like he's done a lot better than Don Cooper. <laughs> that's for sure. Don Cooper was here for 15 years and just kind of was like, you know, go and get him. I think Ethan is a little bit more thoughtful. I think it's a little bit more modern and I appreciate his approach. Again, I think if they were getting better results, it wouldn't really be looked at as an Ethan Katz thing. However, I will say, I don't know if it's like Pedro, we, the bad thing that I've been doing, I think, through the first 16 games is being like, well, Pedro's making the decisions on the bullpen. And these are Pedro's bullpen decisions. I feel like we talked a little bit about this during the offseason was that Pedro was going to rely on Ethan Katz. So maybe the pitching choices and who's going to face whom when 
might be a little bit more on Ethan and maybe that's uh, something that could be brought up on Ethan a little bit more as maybe he's more of the manager uh, uh, and pulling the strings on who's coming in when. Am I off base on that, Vinny? Um, I mean, I think it's a team effort. I, I, I think that, you know, obviously Ethan and Kurt Hassler both know this pitching staff better than anybody, and that includes the manager because they are uh, right in the, the thick of that every single minute of every single day. Um, so Pedro is the one making the decision, obviously, but uh, it's a team effort in terms of them providing the input and them coming up with a strategy. You, you know, we've heard so much that so much of uh, those matchups are predetermined, right? That pitcher X is going to face the, this group of batters. And they know that before the first pitch of the game is even thrown. Um, that probably is a very collaborative process, I would imagine. Um, and, and we've heard such from Pedro working with his coaching staff uh, in a variety of different uh, decision-making methods. So, um, and you know, that's not unique to the White Sox. That is basically how it works in baseball. And I think it was funny. He, Pedro was even asked, um, you know, during that first series uh, at home, uh, by by a particular reporter, like, hey, uh, how does it feel to go from giving advice all those years to now having to take it and use that to make a decision? So that's what those coaches are there to do. They're not just there to, you know, hit fungos and, and wave guys home for third base. They are there to provide in-game, uh, you know, input to the manager to help him make decisions. Yeah, and I do I do love the comments from people being like, why do we keep seeing Jake, Jake Diekman so much? And I even saw you respond to it on Twitter being like, yeah, I guess he does pitching in basically every single game. Uh, it's just because they're losing. I, I feel like that's the, the reason why we're seeing Jake Diekman is because they have a losing record. So you're going to see more of the guys that are used in losing situations. Well, and I'll bring this up too. Uh, think about a few different things. Number one, the White Sox only have, well, I think now they have since they called up Tanner Banks, the three lefties, but they only have the two lefties. And Bummer is a guy who uh, has always been considered someone who it, it doesn't matter what the hand the batter is, throw him out there. He's a late inning guy who just happens to be a lefty, right? Diekman is that a lefty. He's a, he's a guy who you would bring in uh, when you need a lefty. And he's maybe for a while there, at least, was the only one of those types on this team. Um, I would also say this, too. The way Pedro has said that he's using his bullpen, and we've seen this with Reynaldo Lopez in particular, is, you know, he's picking out those the, the parts of the batting order where he's going to have pitchers face guys. So if he's holding his best pitchers for the best part of the batting order, who's going to go face the bottom of the batting order, right? And, and I think the idea is people want it to be that video game way where it's like, well, that's my seventh inning guy. That's my eighth inning guy. And that's my ninth inning guy. Throw them every single day because they don't, because the stamina bar doesn't go down that much in, in the video game. Just do it that way. I don't think that's how it works in real life. And I think if you're going to say, Reynaldo Lopez, I need to save him for the, for the most important part of the game. I need to save uh, Kendall Graveman for the next most important part of the game. Well, when the starters are only going five innings, there's going to be some parts in the late innings uh, that aren't quite as important. And perhaps the White Sox uh, are reserving those for some other pitchers so they can save Lopez and Graveman. And when he's healthy, Joe Kelly, but he's not healthy right now, which plays into this as well for those other for those other parts of the lineup. So you say, why is he using him every day? Well, that, that might provide some insight. I'm sure it, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know if it completely answers the question, but I, I think there are things that you got to think about when um, you look at how that bullpen is used. Absolutely. And I think even too, just to add on to the bummer thing, we know that he was dealing with an injury uh, around spring training. So I, I think that they're also just making sure that they're managing, managing him properly and not overusing him. So 
we don't see another guy end up on the IL and we have another thing to complain about with this team. Because then if Aaron Bummer's on the IL, well, guess what? We're only going to get more and more Jake Diekman and Tanner Banks. So, uh, you know, uh, as long as they're able to manage their health, uh, I think that's what's most important. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here in the Monday mailbag. Uh, I guess it's all Ethan Katz's fault. We could say that for the first 16 games, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will the scout saying I held out optimism all last season and the back half of 2021. I'm not doing that again. At what point this season, looking at the schedule, do you think it's appropriate to write this team off? Our guy, Matthew Cortese, who's always picking five, nothing socks wins and, and no hitters uh, said, is anyone concerned about our losing record since the all-star break in 2021? So Herb about optimism. When is it? When, when can we start giving up on this team? You know, like I mentioned, the, the, the Phillies last year, 21 and 29 uh, at June 1st, and, and they still made the World Series. In my uh, history, dealing with Major League Baseball teams, and I think the White Sox in particular, either Kenny or Rick has said this specifically, that after 60 games is pretty much where you know where your team's headed. So I am choosing to be optimistic, and I'm putting those in quotes because you know every day it's just chipping away at my optimism for this team but I'm going to let them get 60 games in to see what this team is all about, especially after this first month of this gauntlet of a schedule. You'll see exactly what this team's about. If you at home want to give up on the team, I can't blame you. Last year was hard, and to see the same things, it's going to be even harder to have faith that this team and the people who are in the organization are going to fix it as the offseason didn't really go as most of us had planned or wanted it to go. So, yeah, um, for myself, 60 games, I'm going to see and uh, reassess where I feel about this team strongly. Um, and for yourself, if you're at home, do what you want to do. And I wouldn't blame you if you just said, hey, man, I'm out because it's tough. It's tough to go through this if you're a, a fan that's a diehard that lives and dies like with the results of the game, each game, and that determines your mood the rest of the day. I know it sounds extreme, but, you know, that still happens. And, you know, the White Sox got that hold on me, and I'm sure some people out there got that same hold on you. Yeah, I mean, the question is, when do you write the White Sox off? Uh, you can't write them off in April, certainly, but uh, at the same time, you can feel however you want to feel. That's, uh, that is your prerogative, and if this is making you mad and you want to give up, then go ahead and give up. And then if they go on a 10-game winning streak, no one's going to say, no, 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 you can't come back in. You're allowed to turn the TV back on. You're allowed to uh, get back in the ballpark. I'm sure of it. So, um, yeah, of course you cannot write this team off right now. They're playing poorly, no doubt about that, and uh, it, it's reason for uh, fans to be frustrated. Um, but uh, you can uh, react however you want. You can scream at me on Twitter how, and in the comments however much as you want as I continue to tell you that math has not yet eliminated the Chicago White Sox from anything. Damn you and math, you jerks. I hate both of you. Um, yeah, I, I I said May 28th, at least for what we were doing last year. I mean, Steve Stone said you can enjoy the ride or be bitter. Um, and around May 28th, I, I kind of got sick of this team. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of fair. Maybe maybe I even push it back a little bit because, again, there's you don't have full health. Tim Anderson isn't here. Yohan Moncada isn't here. And Liam Hendricks isn't here. And if you want to be pissed off because that was the same thing, maybe sans Liam uh, last year you wouldn't be wrong. Like I, I, there, you could fan however you want. And I, Vinny's right. You know, they're going to let you in if you want to come in. Uh, so it's all about them. on proving it. And, and if they don't start to prove it, and if they keep losing it and you just can't turn them on, don't turn them on. Just turn us on. We'll, 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 we'll keep you updated. Um, Got a little quiz for you before, uh, before we go, go to the next mailbag. Don't worry, Herb. This is not like a, I'm not trying to, this is just, this, this is just a fact. Okay. 
They've played 251 games since the 2021 All-Star break. What's their record? I know it's under 500. It has to be. It's not 500 because that's an odd number. It's not 500. <laughs> Whatever five games under 500 would be in that equation. Okay. Vinny? Well, that's, cur- that's current. They're, that's just the last two years, right? So last year was 500. They're four under now. So what was their record after the All-Star break in 2021? I think it was losing, right? So I will go ahead and say they are... I'll say though slightly more under 500 than Herb just said for to beat him in price. Your price, your prices are right in me. <laughs> price is wrong, Vin. Uh, ah. it, it, it is uh, Herb Lawrence with the win because you guys are pessimist, jerks, hating on the White Sox. This storied franchise, they're 126 and 125. They're one game over. One game over, okay. wow. one game over baby. Re- remember that because this question is probably going to come along again, Herb. So remember that after the All Star break in 2021. They were 126 six, and 127 over. Well, so they were 39 and 34 after the 2025 over. Okay. Yeah, five over. And then they went 81 and 81. And right now, five games under or four games under, right. giving them one game over or, over the 251. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it, I, I don't know if I can be concerned because, like, that first half of 2021 was really good. They dealt with a lot of injuries in 2021, too. And they're still above 500. Like, I, I, I get it. 500 isn't the place we want to be, but it's not, you're not Oakland. Like, I, I don't know. Like this team isn't talented and they're also not this bad. I mean, like right now they have the worst bullpen ever. Actually, that's a lie. Um, someone did ask, do the White Sox have the worst bullpen ever? Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies of 1930 had a bullpen ERA of 801. Uh, Over the, the White course Sox- of an entire season, not just yeah. 16 games. Ooh, so there's, there's, there's Over 383 innings. There's still a chance. <laughs> the White Sox can get that. Hey, if you're going to be bad, be the worst. Yeah, uh, well, and the Phillies actually love being the worst. Um, the top five, and two of these are 2023 teams, but the Phillies have the worst, the third worst, and the fifth worst <laughs> out of the top five from 2020, 2023, and then 1930. Uh, so yeah. Actual question, though, 1930, like, the bullpen's, like, barely pitched, right? You said 300-something innings? like Yeah, that's like a Nolan Ryan season. Right, but that's, like, ridiculously small compared to how much bullpens currently pitch. Yeah, yeah. their starters um, must have only went like seven innings and like were shunned back then. Like, ugh, seven innings start. What is yeah, this like, world coming to? The most recent team that's not like from the 20s, I guess the the, the 1950s St. Louis Browns, but they're not even a team anymore. Uh, well, 2000, they are right? teams. The they're in Baltimore now. Right. Uh, the 2007 Rays had a 616 ERA Ooh, and 490. That's really bad. Yeah, uh, 497 uh innings pitch so that's a little bit more of a a modern usage all right next question it's from our guy other sean who was bashing on ketchup just a little bit earlier is there room for both jake Berger and gavin sheets on a healthy chicago white Sox roster man we're gonna find out um it, it's it, i don't know i guess is the answer um you know jake Berger certainly has earned a spot on it, uh, I would say, uh, unless he goes cold, which of course is something that could happen before Yoan Moncada uh, comes back off the IL. But uh, I don't think Gavin Chiefs has really done anything to not, to, you know, to get kicked off this team. Like the the power didn't really show up until yesterday, obviously. And then there's the defensive uh, play in right field that nobody liked for good reason. And remember in that same series against the twins, he had a worse play against uh, while playing first base. Um, so the defense has not been really good there for sheets, but 
his his hitting numbers are are fine. His his average and his on base percentage are, are very good actually. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just that same old story about the positions. Where are you going to play these guys? How are you going to play these guys? I thought that when the season started, that Gavin Sheets was a perfectly serviceable bench bat. You know, a guy that you could bring call up off the bench and and come get a hit for you, come hit a home run for you. Um, but do they, can they have two of those guys? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And they're going to have to figure it out. Um, because Jake Berger, like I said, like I said yesterday, uh, they might not be able to afford to be without him, the power and the consistency at the plate that he's bringing right now. Um, the way this lineup is, is, has produced through the first couple weeks of the season. I don't know if they could afford to not have Jake Berger in the middle of that lineup. Can they have both of these players on the same White Sox roster? I mean, yes, question mark, yes, and with an exclamation point after it, yeah. Well, can I help you out here? But also, the squeeze is not going to be good. Go ahead, Sean. So, Grandal, Zavala, Vaughn, Elvis, Tim, Yoan, Benatendi, Robert Jr., Colas, Aloy. Any objections to those 10? No. Okay. That's, that's you know, those 10 will probably be on a healthy White Sox roster. So, then yep. you have three roster spots to fill. Romy, Sheets, Burger. Does that make sense? No. Because those two guys do similar things, and you don't have versatility. I know Romy plays both the outfield and infield, but Gavin really doesn't play the outfield well. And to have him as your fourth outfielder in that scenario is not good for any team. Both players are major league players. That's no doubt. Both team, both players should be on a major league roster contributing but they both can't be on the same team because they don't do enough with other things. Like Jake can play third base kind of, but where else can he play first base? Maybe. And the same thing with Gavin Sheets. He can play first base or designated hitter, and then maybe an outfield spot, but that's not a, you don't need maybes you need. Okay. We're going to go to this guy today and he's going to give us quality effort, both with the bat and the glove. And so, yeah, their guys are good, and they should be on a major league team. But when everybody's healthy on the White Sox, both can't be on the team. And Gavin would, Sheets, go ahead. Gavin Sheets currently leads this team in both batting average and on base percentage. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. No, it's not bad yeah. for a guy who's taken an awful lot of crap from the from 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 social media the, the first couple of weeks of the season. He's hitting well, and he's not hitting for a, a ton of power, which obviously he's supposed to be doing. So, sure, go ahead and knock him for that. But um, on a team that has struggled to get consistent offense from all, almost everybody, uh, he is hitting. So then keep that in mind. Jake, Jake Berger's second in uh, Team F4, right behind Luis Robert with a point five. Second well, and you four. Know that's mo- you, know, you, you know that's generated mostly from his offense, too. So What is it good for? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe the question should be Oscar Colas. If Gavin Sheets is the left-hander that's leading the team in batting average and on-base percentage, Oscar Colas, who's hitting 235, 304, slugging 314, is he on you know watch to be off this team if Gavin Sheets continues to hit so well? I don't think he's done anything to to get booted from it. Like I think this is what kind of what was expected from Oscar Colas. He's a rookie. He's a he's a guy who's learning how to face major league pitching. And if you didn't want that that kind of production in your lineup, if you didn't want his development to continue, if you weren't okay with him learning how to be a major leaguer throughout the course of his rookie season in the major leagues, then you shouldn't have given him the starting right fielder's job. Um, 
and they gave him that job in November, basically. So Mm -hmm. I don't really see him going anywhere, nor should he really. But eventually you line up with a bunch of guys that shouldn't go anywhere and you get the question, well, how are we going to fit all these guys in here? And I don't know what the answer is. Thumbs up, thumbs down on Sugar. As a nickname, nickname. real thumbs down. It's not good. It's not good. It should just be Beats. Why isn't it just Beats? I like Beats better. That is nice. <laughs> I didn't know about Beats. I like Beats better. Ooh. That is nice. Uh, all right, that's the all right. We we all right. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down now because I now know about Beats. Um, beats is better. All right, let's go to uh, the final uh, question here from Cold Taco ninety seven. I would not eat a cold taco. Uh, do you see Han trading anyone soon? There's still a logjam with the first base DH types, as we just talked about. And also, when can we pack Jake Diekman's bag and DAF, DFA up? Uh, that last question, uh, I think that's wishful thinking. But at least with the logjam at first base, uh, I got a little bit bagged on because uh, I was on Sox on 35th as a, a little guest, and they put up a clip of me saying, the the real meatball take is Andrew Vaughn should be taking grounders at second base. What I was, the whole context was, Someone said the meatball thing is Jake Berger should play third, move Yohan to second, and then there you go. You have Jake Berger in the lineup, Yohan in the lineup, Vaughn in the lineup, Tim in the lineup. Um, I was just saying, though, you know, Shane Reardon was saying Jake Jake Berger should have been taking ground balls at, uh, at second base for the past two years. Vaughn's a better athlete. Like, shouldn't he been the one instead of, you know, moonlighting out in right field and left field? Just put his ass in second base. And obviously, the magical was still in the, the picture and everything. It was just a meatball take, but... What do you do about all these first basemen, Herb? I mean, you have to introduce maybe shipping one of these people off because we all know that these players at AAA are not going to be their their growth at the minor leagues level is over. They can still grow in the major leagues, but they need to be in the major leagues to grow. So um, as as a mercy thing, kind of like, hey, I don't have any playing time for you, Jake Berger, or at least the playing time that you deserve to get here and it will make our lineup versatile to get somebody who's more of like a Kike Hernandez type player. Not necessarily you're going to get Kike Hernandez for Jake Berger, but maybe you do like getting more of a versatile player who can contribute with the bat and contribute with the glove. I think that makes the White Sox team more of a, a more well-rounded team and also get trim some of the fat that they have in the first base DH types that they get. But like I said, it's going to be really early to trade off one of those guys. And I don't think Rick or Kenny like to trade before the 60 game mark because they don't know what their team is. And so, yes, can they trade them? They should trade them. I would say um, no matter what at the, at the deadline or trade somebody because the log jam is too much. And Jake Berger for my money out of the people who are um, rumored to be like either sent down or get less playing time would be the guy that I give more playing time to than like Gavin sheets, who is doing well, as Vinny said, but the potential of Jake Berger just running into balls and hitting him over the fence, which has been very fruitful for him and good for the team, is a little bit more with Sheets, who hit his first home run yesterday. But I know that lefty power in Major League Baseball is uh, looked at as a little more of a positive thing and a rare thing for the White Sox. So Sheets will probably get the nod over Jake Berger in that. But for me, I say Berger should be the main guy you're trying to pigeonhole into getting some playing time find a way, even though if you just have to sacrifice some defensive uh, uh, things at second base that he's probably not ready for. Uh, yeah, I don't see any trades coming imminently. Uh, it's just too early in the season to be doing that, not to mention that they had all of these players all along this whole offseason. If mm-hmm. they were going to, if they would have found a trade that they wanted to make 
it to to address this issue, they would have made it already. Um, I think what makes uh, which is what is very hard to do is to make a trade uh, just because you have too much of something. Like, what what are you trying to accomplish with the trade? You need to get something back. And when you have a surplus, you know, think of like if you're if you work at a store and you are selling some sort of item, I have too much of this. How am I going to get rid of all this? I'm just going to have to cut the price, right? The White Sox don't want to trade low on these guys. They don't want to trade low on some something that might be some of the only things that they have to trade. So they're going to wait until they're able to uh, uh, have a player up that value. And certainly guys like Berger and Sheets are, are, are doing well. I mean, that that is probably happening in some regard, but no team is just going to be like, all right, White Sox, we'll give you something that we have that's good to help you solve your little log jab problem. No, they're going to have to go out and make a fair trade for something that they actually need. And I don't think right now is the time when that's going to happen because guess what? The entire offseason was not the time when that was going to happen because it didn't happen. So, um, Maybe when the trade deadline rolls around, the White Sox are in a different place. Other teams are in different places. The needs are more clear, and there's a, a swap that makes more sense. But right now, you can't just say, like, well, we got to trade one of these guys, and hopefully they get exactly what they what we want back for it. That's not really how it works. <laughs> right. Matthew Luke is saying, if, if you think Berger is on the heater, then trade him. If you think it's sustainable, then alloy for prospects that don't carry the stink of Sox failed development plans in the system like Again, like someone wants or need will need to want Jake Berger. Like, d- does that person exist? You're just going to trade Oloy because Jake Berger's hitting home runs? Well, I mean, that just kind of sucks for Jake Berger. You should be able to uh, more of a well-rounded player or, or, you know, more of a well-rounded hitter like Aloy Jimenez. If you were more well, uh, of a well-rounded hitter, you'd probably beat him out for the DH spot. Like, yeah, you're both right-handed. You know, I mean, like if Jake Berger wants a spot on an MLB team, you just got he has to keep hitting. Um, they'll, they'll find a spot for him. And that's the one thing too. Like right now, Moncada is on the IL. So this isn't a pressing need. They still, they still have time to have Jake Berger and Gavin Sheets try to figure it out here. Um, and even Colas too. I mean, they have options with him and, and Romy where if those guys really aren't dazzling with the bats, maybe they send one of those guys down and, you know, use their options and Sheets and Berger, uh, find a way to stay on the, the White Sox, uh, major league roster. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then I think we'll probably just end up having to cancel the quiz because we're, we're a little over an hour here. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shade Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and they are comfy as well. I'm never feeling uncomfortable in my Shady Rays. They are built perfectly for my nose and face. And that's not all Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back as long, back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So exclusive for our listeners, they're giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I think you guys got saved by the bell. Um, we do have brand new shirts. Check out chgolocker.com. And if you are a, a new diehard, you get to pick out a, a shirt. You get a free shirt coupon. Uh, people who have been with us for the full year as well, uh, you do have a free shirt coupon when your membership are reduced. So uh, if you do want a new shirt, check out chgolocker.com. But uh, what we're going to add there, Ben? Well, we got another off day coming up on Thursday. 
That's mm-hmm. true. That's true. You and just, uh, you just keep, hang on to those questions, Sean. Here, here's here. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a little homework, gents, Uh-oh. and even the. I hate I don't like. Well, don't worry. Uh, it's not that difficult. You're literally. It, it's gonna. It's a part of your job. I mean, you're. Uh, it's. Uh, it's something that happens at the ballpark. That's weird. Um, the seventh before, inning stretch. Yes. Before we leave, I want to say uh, happy birthday to our guy KPW. It's his birthday hey. today. Is he? Uh, how do they, uh, our birthdays weird up there in Canada? Is he like? Uh, does he age like two years for every one of our years? Wouldn't ten? Ten would make sense, right? The metric system. Ten mm-hmm. years for every. Oh one. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I I don't know much about the metric system because we're imperialists. Also dumb. Um, but yeah, him and then Cole Taco. I got to meet him uh, at the ballpark this weekend. It was good to see everybody out there. Nice. And uh, was it KPW? I think he's 22 now. He's feeling 22. Mercy. Who's uh who's 22 on the uh the 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 the, the Jays? Jordan Romano. Hopefully right. it's not Anthony Bass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that. is. Uh anyways, we'll save the quiz for Thursday. Uh maybe maybe keep your ears. Maybe keep your ears open when you're at the ballpark. Oh, it's going to be about Pitchcom, Herb. <laughs> no. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Welcome that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, the other question I had, too, was just Aloy playing out in right field. None of you brought that up organically. So we're not putting him in the outfield, all right? Andrew Vaughn can learn to play second base. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show and everyone hanging out with us in the chat. All of our Matthew buddies, our, our White Sox Toms, our Southside 1998, our buddy Alex, other Sean, all those wonderful, wonderful people. Make sure you're hitting the like button on your way out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, I don't think we're doing a pregame show. Um, so we'll be doing a postgame show for game two. So we'll recap game one and game two for you tomorrow here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We'll talk to you then. Go Sox.